You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in and participate in the show, please feel free to do so at 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We do have a new caller. Uh, By the way, apologies for uh, missing the last day to however many days it's been. I can't remember. Uh, Just busy, you know, nothing crazy, just busy and, I guess, poor time management. Me thinking, oh, I got time. I don't have time. But anyways, new caller, what's going on? Hey, Ryan, this is Adam calling in from Ohio. Hi. I was listening to one of your Packing in After Dark episodes here, and you were saying how you, you were on the fence where, yeah, you know, hope the old man goes and gets his ring, especially if we're not in the Super Bowl but you just can't get behind that now because our success is tied to their pick. I don't know if I'm the only one. I think I'm kind of riding the fence. Like, who knows what the season turns out like. Uh, yes, this old Jets elite defense thing, probably not going to happen, might happen. Who knows? You know, I'm kind of looking at week eight. If the Jets are looking, you know, three and five, I'm rooting for the high pick. Like, sorry, Rodgers, you know, hope you still play. Please don't ride the bench, but let's get the pick. But, you know, week eight, if they're seven and one, you know, I'm not going to be rooting for them to lose the rest of their games. Like, you know, best of luck to you, dude. You gave us a ton of memories. So I think I'm kind of riding that fence till the middle of the season, but we'll see. And then what's up with all, all the hate for Rodgers and what he does in the offseason and like the way this all ended? Who cares? Like, let the man be happy. He does what he wants. Who cares? I don't know. That's just my opinion. If he shows up and can sling the ball, great. And everybody's all happy after two MVP seasons, but then a bad season and everybody turns. Seems so spoiled to me. He had so many years of awesome football for us as fans. That being said, looking forward to the Jordan Love era. Hope the guy's an absolute stud, but still wish Rogers the best and hope he gets a warm welcome when he's back in Lambeau. But anyway, just want to kind of give my thoughts. Appreciate the podcast, man. Keep doing your thing. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Um, I'm sure there's a line somewhere. I don't know where it would be, but that is a good point with uh, Rodgers in terms of wins and losses. I think at 7-1, and one, I'm still rooting for losses because there can still be plenty to ha- to be had there. Um, but, you know, you got to keep them playing so we can at least get a first-round pick, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll at least say this. If he's in the Super Bowl, I'll root for him. Pick 31, pick 32 is not that... Again, this is assuming we are not in the Super Bowl, but... Um, I will root for Rodgers in the Super Bowl. It it is going to make me sad. Um, I, I don't even I don't know if sad is even the right word. I don't want to say jealous either necessarily, but it it it's going to suck. Um, knowing how many years it took here for him to get one, if he goes there in the first year and wins, there's there's going to be that aspect of it. Of I, I maybe jealousy is the right word. I'm not entirely sure. It's that part of it is going to suck, but. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as you said it with the off season, um, to some degree, I get it just because again, it, it sucks that he couldn't have been that happy here. And I, I don't just mean like the last couple of years, I mean, ever, 
I have never seen Rodgers this happy ever. You know, it's funny. I was listening to something today. Um, they were talking about how Favre had gone to Minnesota and all that and that big chip on his shoulder. I'm starting to wonder if maybe that's, I don't want to say off the table, and obviously if things go south with the Jets, you know, he may look to to bolt and go somewhere else, 49ers or Vikings or who knows. But um, it just feels like at this point, I, I, I don't know if it's entirely a chip on his shoulder thing. I'm sure there, that's an element of it, but I, I just genuinely think he's happy. Like, he, he's he's a Jet because he wants to be a Jet. Um, I wouldn't have thought that, that was necessarily the case, but, yeah, I mean, he, he just seems like, um, I mean, w- whether it be Pat McAfee show or even little glimpses we've seen here and there or just, I, I, I've never seen him. And it's not just like, you know, Pat McAfee show, he seems at peace. You know, he's sitting back like, oh, yeah, things are fine. You know, everything's good. Uh, I did this thing and that was kind of cool and I'm happy and I'm, you know, such and such and so on. I mean, he is like over the moon, like excited, like a giddy kid over there with the Jets. And and yeah, there is an element and I I think this is part of it with Packer, especially since some of it was his choice. You know, I understand if if you're just not happy, you're just not happy. But you start to look at things like not showing up to to camp and whatnot. And I do think that that is going to rub people the wrong way. Um if you were really that upset and didn't want to be here, probably would have been better if you just didn't take the contract. Maybe we shouldn't have offered him the contract to begin with. Again, we've been through that. It's it's hard to not. And and if he says, you know, he, he goes into his hole, metaphorically or literally, and comes out and says, I'm ready, I want to do this, and then um, you give him the contract, and then he goes, nah, psych, <laughs> I don't want to be here, and I hate you, and I hate everything about this. That sucks, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I look, I, I, I think... Although I get it, I think there needs to be a point where we're genuinely happy with the way that things went down. I think the Jets should be happy. I think Rodgers is happy. I think the Packers should be happy and Love should be happy. I mean, everybody should really be happy. Um, it was Peter King I was listening to earlier also. It was just, I think it was Peter King. He was talking about, you know, even if, you know, Jordan Love is benched by Thanksgiving and Aaron Rodgers is, is the front runner for the MVP, this was still the right thing to do. It was done. The relationship was over. He didn't want to be here anymore. Um, it had run its course. So <clears throat> I think that's just the reality. I, I think this is just the natural course of things. I think, you know, m- maybe you could have gone back in different points and said, I wish this was different. I wish that was different. But, um, you know, on the whole, if we don't just focus on the last couple of years, obviously Rodgers has given a lot to all of us as Packer fans. And, um, I don't want, you know, I, I, I hyper-focus on what's going on right now. And so when we hyper-focus on these things, yeah, it, it makes me upset because I don't like the way he handled a lot of the stuff the last year or so. Um, but I don't want it to feel as though that's my opinion of Rodgers, period. It's just, this is what we're dealing with at this moment, and I get ticked off. Yeah, Rodgers has, um, I, I, let me put it this way, I think Rodgers has at least earned enough that we as fans should get over it you know what i mean like even if we acknowledge all this stuff he gave up he didn't put in the effort he had a bad attitude he treated guys poorly you know as far as the uh the rookies and uh even the the head coach and you know just the way he went about things was not in the right way he didn't bring the right energy or attitude or whatever every just go down the line and let's just assume every single thing was wrong that he did what he's done for us over the years, I think he's at least earned 
um, what what is the word? He's earned enough. He should have earned enough good uh, goodwill from us fans to be able to look at it, go, yeah, that sucks. But you know what? Greatly appreciate everything he's done. He's given me and my kid and my family memories for a lifetime. And um, happy is happy, you know. And that's it. And does that mean I'm never gonna go on a tirade again? Probably not. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It depends what the question is or, what, you know, again, what we're dealing with in the moment. But I do think it's time to turn that corner a little bit, you know, and there, there is some of that uh, jealous spouse syndrome going on a little bit, you know. What, you think the Jets are better than us? Or you think she's prettier than me? Dude, the Jets suck. Are you kidding? I hope you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm just saying I can understand it as much as a lot of the, let's call it pro Aaron Rodgers camp will pretend that they don't understand it or that doesn't make sense. Of course it does. Of course Packer fans are going to be jealous. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to play for us. He doesn't want to win for us. He wants to go get somebody else a Super Bowl. And part of it is because he wants to give, you know, maybe not directly the fans, but he wants to turn and give Green Bay, Wisconsin a big middle finger. It's, it's going to kind of rub people the wrong way a little bit. But again, let's let's work on that. Just Just a thought. As a fan base out of respect for what he's done for us, let's try to get over all that and move on. Am I rooting against him and the Jets? A hundred thousand percent. But I do agree that uh, it, it, just, it just gives us, I think, a bad look as a fan base. Although everything that you might be saying in the moment might be a hundred percent true, if there is just this overwhelming F you to Aaron Rodgers emanating from the fan base. I think that gives us a bad look. I think we should be a better fan base than that. I think we're known for being, you know, sort of that Midwest nice kind of attitude to be so disrespectful to somebody who's done so much for us, you know, probably not the right course to go. That's where I'm at anyways. Do I feel correct in my opinions of things that he did wrong? Yes. Do I think he's, do I think it's time to move on out of respect for what he's done? Yes, I do. Do I think I'll do that perfectly? Absolutely not. I think I'm going to get ticked off at things as they happen from here to there. But I just want you to know my focus as of right now. Thank you for your call, Aaron, number two, a.k.a. Jimmy. What's going on? Hey, uh, it's Jimmy. I have a thought and a question. Um, Something I haven't really heard uh, people talking about precisely. You know, Roger sat behind fire forever. Watched him, learned a ton from him, but also learned what not to do. And what he picked up on was don't throw interceptions. Uh, and he was incredibly good at not throwing interceptions. Sometimes to a fault on some level, we'd see him hold the ball too long. We'd see him play hero. Well, I guess hero ball doesn't leave him. Anyway, my point is he, he, he was, uh, you know, he was averse to interceptions, which is a positive, um, uh, which is a positive. Let's just leave it at that. Sure. So here's the question. What do you think Jordan Love will choose, if anything, to, uh, you know, in, in addition to learning from Rodgers on his time with him, what do you think he learned not to do? What do you think he picked up from Rodgers' game and he's like, ah, that was, I can do that better. My theory, and as not terribly incisive, you just were talking about it, but this is what spurred all this in my brain, is, um, is just that, his release time. He's going to get out of quickly in, in rhythm because he saw Rogers, and this is where the hero ball comes in. Uh, see him tying it all together, uh, playing hero ball too much, hanging out, waiting, waiting, waiting. I think, and I'm hoping that Jordan is like, I'm going to get it out in rhythm, a la Brady, and then we'll be unstoppable. So 
That's my theory. What do you think? Uh, Jimmy out. The first thing that came to mind, and again, this is just a theory that I have not dug into and I need to, so I stopped putting that disclaimer on there. But I know a lot of um, Packer fans tend to hammer Rodgers for never going to the middle of the field. Again, I don't know that. I'm trying to look it up right now just to kind of see. Um, And there's a lot of nuance to this. I know uh, Dusty and Clayton touched on it very briefly, but didn't really go in depth on it. But one of the part of the way Dusty talked about it made me realize it doesn't matter what numbers I look at. There's so much nuance to all this. He was like, you know, if you if you eliminate these things, then it's like, well, I don't, I can't freaking account for that. I mean, I could with you know SIS, but I don't have that anymore. I'm going to cry. But I, I just like, for example, I pulled up, uh, and I know this wasn't your question, but uh, Rogers, where he targeted, what section of the field he targeted most, it was short center. So the sh- less than ten yards middle of the field, nineteen percent. But how does that compare to the rest of the league? But anyways, one answer that I think would be probably popular would be attacking the middle of the field. What my actual answer is going to be is to play within the structure of the offense. Um, And again, this is another kind of up for debate thing. Did Rodgers really not play within the structure of the offense? I don't know. What, what, What I guess I will say is everything that we think we see when we're looking at this offense in terms of Rodgers is not playing in the way that we want him to play in the way that we feel like the Matt LaFleur offense is built to be played and the Shanahan offense and all that stuff. In my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know if that's really true or not, but it it feels right to me. But when I saw Jordan Love play, I think all of us, for me at least for sure, when I watched that game, Jordan Love against the Eagles, I looked at that and said, that is exactly the offense I was expecting. And again, my my thought process is I'm thinking less Jalen Hurts, and it might be Jalen Hurts as well. I don't know, but and more Tom Brady when it comes to the way that he plays. <laughs> again, I think it was the the Peter King th- thing again. Um, but he was talking about you know he was actually comparing Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady, and and one of the things that they were talking about is how you know Aaron Rodgers kind of pounds his fist for how he wants things to be. Tom Brady, when when Peter King talked to him, said he didn't really have any kind of I don't want to say he didn't have any say in the offense but he's like I I just played within the structure of the I just in other words he was just a robot he just did what he was told that's not to say he isn't good he 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 played with such unbelievable precision that it that that and that's what made him as good as he was but the point is and you can see it when he played it's just drop back see the open guy throw a good pass drop back find the open guy and a lot of that is based on the defense right i know the play call i see what the defense is so i anticipate this guy will be open and sure enough it was and it was just this unstoppable thing where the ball's out he's never under pressure he's never getting to hit he's never getting sacked largely because the ball comes out so quickly but he's also extremely accurate and extremely intelligent and that's what i think we we need to see and i think we're we're going to see more of with jordan love now can he play to that high of a level in terms of the accuracy and, and being able to make the right decisions and everything, I don't know. But again, that Eagles game was everything I needed to see in terms of that's what I want. With, you know, shots and tricks and these kinds of things mixed in, but that is the offense. It's just step, 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 shoot, right? And it's anticipation. The guy's not even out of his break yet, but I know he's coming out of his break. I'm going to throw it behind that linebacker. Boom, open, take it and run for another five yards, easy 15. There's no thinking, there's no processing, there's no hand signals and how about this and check this and go over here and run that. Nope, it's here's the play, check the defense, that's it. Here's my first read, second read, third read. I go through it. If you know if the linebacker does this, I do this. It's just freaking 
it's robotic and it's mechanical, but that's the point, and that's what I personally want, and I think we'll see a little bit more of. I don't know, but I have to assume assume that Jordan Love has has been able to see this. I mean, he's grown up in this system and has has gotten much better, and his um, evolution has been because of his understanding of playing within the system. And I think he's seen so much of Aaron Rodgers trying to make all these changes and people getting confused and everything else, and I just don't think he's going to go that route. So that's my thought, and that is ultimately my hope. Hey, Ryan, this is Blake from Michigan. Howdy. Uh, Calling the day after the schedule release. Just a little bit of background on me. I'm a gold package season ticket holder. Um, I drive from Michigan to Green Bay for two to three games every year. Nice. And uh, this year we've got the Lions on TNF on Amazon, and then we've got the Chargers at a on a nooner in November. So I'll be going to two of those games, and I know there's kind of this perception out there that um, gold package people were all just kind of stuffy and for all these old boomers from Milwaukee driving up. Um, not all of us, though. Some of us just had our names uh, come up and lucked into some tickets at the right time, and not all of us are old boomers driving from two hours away. Some of us are millennials driving from eight hours away. And I'll be up there. I've got pretty decent seats about 10 rows in the end zone, Lambo Leap territory, and we'll be there cheering. So I know people like Nagler like to kind of piss and moan about about the gold package, folks, but obviously there's no inkling of them getting rid of the of the gold package. They're not phasing it out or anything, even though they've been out of Milwaukee for 30 years. So some of us will be there cheering. So hopefully the stereotype can be turned around a little bit. Maybe some other gold package people can call in and back me up on this. One last thought on the schedule as a whole. I was looking at it yesterday while I was making my plans for travel and whatnot. And um, I noticed that we only have like four dome games this year. I also see a lot of sentiment on Twitter about, um, you know, a lot of people pushing for every new stadium to have a dome with the exception for Buffalo because it's kind of a home field advantage for them. And I know state-of-the-art stuff is cool, but... To me, the uh, the aesthetic of playing outside on a grass field and the elements, I just I would like to see more of that because looks like at some point in my lifetime they're gonna be all domes other than like Lambeau and Buffalo. So I guess I'm gonna savor an uh, an overabundant or I'm gonna savor not having every single game in a dome, and I look forward to that. All right, have a good one. Bye. Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as the first part, it's a stereotype for a reason. And, um, you know, obviously we can put the caveat of not all on just about everything, but it's a stereotype for a reason, you know. So, um, yeah, hopefully you can um, help to turn that around and, um, you know, start to get a new, what would you call it, a new generation of people in there. I don't don't, see, and that's the thing. I don't know if it's like a generational thing as much as it is – just being old and tired and entitled in other words are you going to turn into that over time or or is this just like it's going to change as there's more turnover from a different generation of people that stand and scream and stuff i mean i don't i don't much like going to games as it is i can't i'm trying to think if i was like 60 or 70 do i want to stand and scream i probably wouldn't go to begin with which whatever it doesn't matter but anyways i i hope you're right that these things do uh do eventually change over time because you know again talking about an embarrassment of a, of a fan base. You don't want uh, booing your Hall of Fame quarterback as he leaves and then not showing up to games, or when you do, you sit there like you don't care. I mean, it's just, it's a horrible, <laughs> it's a horrible look all around. We got to do better. 
And yeah, as far as the dome thing, I mean, look, I I like new flashy, fancy stuff, man. But um, yeah, it's it's, it's never going to be the same if, if Green Bay changes the way it does stuff. So it, it probably needs to stay. As far as everything else, though, go ahead and change. Just on the off chance I happen to go to a Bears game or something else somewhere else. Um, I don't know, man. I just like the new flashy, fancy stuff. So it's it's really the only like I would never want to go to Las Vegas to go see a Raiders game ever ever ever. However, I mean that stadium's pretty cool. I wouldn't mind checking it out. Same with L.A. and all all these other Minnesota. Now I go to Minnesota. I've been there. I don't want to go back. I didn't like it. I'd want to check out that stadium though. It's pretty cool. If if Chicago I don't want to go to Soldier Field. If they built a new state of the art stadium and especially not somewhere way downtown, would I go check heck yeah, I'd go check it out. I don't care. So but yeah, Lambo's gotta stay. I don't know if it's possible for you to be able to look this up. No. But last season, what format format what formations and packages did the Packers utilize the most? And in turn, this year what could we see in terms of uh, that trajectory from last year? Now that Rodgers is gone, what you can even specifically look up what uh, plays Love specifically was a part of. All right, bye. Again, that's another SIS question or Dusty Evely question because he's a madman and I believe tracks every single play. Um but I think the expectation is more 12 personnel. I think that's the way Matt LaFleur likes to play anyways. I think we saw an artificially low amount of that last year with Rodgers' broken thumb, um, just as far as the under center stuff. And um, I think now we're going to be seeing more tight ends, more under center, more just big boy package type of stuff. And it's, you know, this is this is what we were told from a from a – broad sense that this offense is going to be when it came here this everything looks like a run play right whether it is or isn't you never know so it keeps you on your heels i think one of the uh, reporters had mentioned to i think it was stenovich in the press conference that you know it's it's the first four steps of every play look exactly the same and that's what makes this so complicated so i i just think we're going to get back to that a little bit it was it was um it was a lot when aaron Rodgers was under center and I just think things get more condensed, not necessarily compressed, because again, that was a negative. We're going to have guys firing off and, and really shooting down the field and spreading things out for the defense as far as what they need to cover. But I think more condensed formations and stuff is what we're going to see. And I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited about these tight ends. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting there. The more I watch these guys and think about what that could bring and just what, what other teams have, you know, all these other teams, whenever I'd make it, try to come up with an example of a team that just doesn't have what we have in terms of wide receivers this is back when we had Devontae, it's like, yeah, but they got that tight end. It's like, man, everybody that's got that tight end is doing pretty good. You just got to get that guy, man. Hopefully we got that guy. Hey, Ryan. Steve up in Alaska. Hey, How's man. it going? Good. So hi to everybody else out there listening. Been, uh, been paying attention. So I haven't called in for a while, but I've been busy. I'm on a starting week three of my season here, so I had to spend my time getting my barbecue stand up and yeah. Getting food prepped and getting the area already. Um, I'm getting into, just so you know, I'm getting into the cooking, the grilling, all that stuff. I made a pork loin. I made fish tacos for the first time. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm getting that grill rip-roaring. I'm really fine-tuning that thing, trying to get it my, uh, my Weber dialed in. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for some, some barbecue talk. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm ready for it. 
Another thing, call about the draft. I know I'm a little bit behind on that, but no, I like to let everybody kind of get their event on and get themselves straightened out before I bring my opinion in because I'm one of those guys who, with the draft, I'm, I, I look at what we got and I consider what positions were filled. And if I feel we filled our positional needs, then you just got to wait to see what the players can do and what the coaches can do with them. Um, all the all the grading and and comparing, I figure I don't do any of the actual legwork, so I really don't know anything. <laughs> Nobody's paying me to go and figure out what these guys are doing. So I'm just a you know a couch coach yeah. thinking that he knows something when he doesn't know squat. Um, but I think we did pretty well. I think we filled all the needs and all the spots that we need to fill. Um, and now it's just you know seeing how we can coach guys up, um, seeing who eventually gets you know. Let go of teams because some good players every now and then, good role position type players get dumped off of teams because, hey, we got too many wide receivers. We got to let a good wide receiver go. We got, you know, we got too many safeties or corners. We got to let somebody go. So you, you can pick up a decent player along that way. Um, the other thing, I was going to hear you and everybody else talk about their favorite times of the year. And you with your summer is great, and I hate the cold because you you are just a snowbird, man. I I heard it. You yeah. <laughs> I know snowbirds. That's a new thing too. I don't I don't know where that came from. I mean, I never really I shouldn't say I never like winter. All kids like winter, but as an adult, I never really liked it. Driving in it and living in it and being outside and whatnot. But I at least I usually appreciated it until January, and then it was just like all right, enough is enough. And then I I loved spring. But it's to the point now where I'm I'm I am so burned out on on winter. I have officially become a snowbird. I don't know. It's weird. You're a snowbird. Just, yeah. You just haven't started moving yet. I know. Um, but I I agree with those who the the fellow from Tennessee that works in the park. I agree with him. Summertime, though it seems nice. Summertime is a is a, a bit of a grind and a, and a bite in the butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get tourists up here. I get tourists all over the place. I'm having them there for the last couple of days. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're driving me nuts. We did, you're just starting to see them. They park in the stupidest places. They do the dumbest things. <laughs> and yeah, so tourists drive me nuts. Though that's how I make my money. So I smile at them and I'm nice to them because yeah. they're the ones that give me money. Um, and then the mosquitoes all the time up here. They're, they're, they're awful. They're huge. Uh, early part of the spring, they're, they're, like your fingernail in length, and they're big enough that when they land on you, you actually feel them make contact with you because they're so big. They're like little birds landing on you. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a cold-weather guy. For uh, Hold on. I'm going to call back. You're going to have to start nipping these in the bud, Steve. Just saying. We got some, we got some rules here, and at one of these days I'm going to enforce it. Part two. Uh, but, yeah, this, this, the cold-weather thing, see, this is where you are at a disadvantage Ryan, to those people, compared to those people who like to read books, because yeah, when true. it's, you know, up here and it's dark and, you know, we only got like five hours of actual daylight and, you know, it's 30 degrees below zero, 40 degrees below zero and the wind is howling, you know what you do? You sit right in nice fire, you make yourself a little cocktail or something, and you sit down with a good book and you just spend the day reading a good book. You don't have to worry about going outside. You got a nice toasty fire got something good to sip on, and you just enjoy reading the book. In your case, you could sit and watch movies, but I'd rather read a book personally. The movies, you, I start getting antsy just sitting there staring at a TV screen. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you just relax and chill, and it's quiet, and it's easy going. That's just 
the time to relax and enjoy yourself. Summer's time to go out and bust hump and run like a maniac for 12 hours a day, six, seven days a week. <laughs> you don't really get to enjoy it at all. You get to see it, and it's pretty, but you're working in it. And, again, the bugs are the bugs are awful. The mosquitoes and the, the little no-seams, the bite knees. And yeah, it, it's just terrible. So I like the winters. I've always been a fan of winter. I figure if you live up in Alaska, then you should like winter. If you don't, I don't know why you live here. <laughs> There's people that bitch about winter all the time, and I don't understand why they live here because it's what it's all about. But um, I get you summer people. I get it. You know, you, you want to be all toasty warm, but I just, I just, man, summers can be tough. But anyways, I got to get back to work. I got two hours before, less than two hours before I got to open up and start selling pulled pork sandwiches and ribs. Yeah. And matter of fact, I'm making a, for a special this week, I'm doing a, a loaded bomber is what I'm calling it. It's my standard meatball sandwich, handmade bomber, handmade meatballs and sauce. And I'm going to add uh, pepperoni, um, red onions, olives, and pepperoncinis to it. It's going to be a bomb sandwich. I've already had a test for telling me it was awesome. So. <laughs> All right, boys. Y'all have a good one. I will try to call in again. Eventually, once I have some time, I'm not running my butt off. All right. Ciao. That's what I should try to make sometimes. Make some, uh, some sandwich, like sub sandwiches, you know, meatball subs and different stuff like that. I bet that'd be good. You can even pop it on the grill if you feel like it, you know. Just home make some meatballs, home make some sauce, and load it up with cheese, throw it on the grill. Might be a little bit of a waste of uh, charcoal to melt cheese, but, you know, take on a little bit of smoke flavor. Be good if you got a bunch of people over, because you can pack those sandwiches on there. Just trying to think of different stuff that I haven't made, because after a while it's like, dude, okay, I've done ribs, I've done, like, how many times am I going to make the same stuff over and over again? Love me some good barbecue, but at the same time, it's like you, you kind of get you gotta you gotta get creative after a while because it starts to get. Uh, it's one of those things where it doesn't take long to do everything, but it but depending on what you mean by that, you'll spend your whole life and never do everything. Just the different ways you can do things and different kinds of cookers and rubs and styles and methods and yeah. As far as the seasons, first of all, I'm surprised to hear you have so many bug problems. I always that was the one good thing about Wisconsin is because of the harsh winters all the bugs die and so you don't really get a lot of uh bad bug issues up here you know i mean we have mosquitoes and everything else but i tend to think it's generally more mild than in other places and yeah i suppose it would depend what industry you're in like if if i had the ability to just not really leave my house unless it was on my terms i'd probably like winter more but if, if it's like i have to leave my house every day and drive you know 45 minutes to work in snow and sleet and you know, especially, like, dude, when you first wake up in the morning and you already hate life because, you know, your job and everything, and it's super early and you're super tired and you got to get up and go outside and it is just like below zero, horrible. And then you go out there and your windshields are completely iced up. And now you got to scrape your wind, you know, first of all, get all the snow off and I'm I'm just pissed. So I just start using my arm. Like I'm not going in there and digging around and trying to find the stupid thing. I'm just, so then your hands are, are completely numb. Because I'm just going around with my arm and just scraping a foot of snow off of my car. Then you got to try to scrape the windshield, and that's not exactly a sign. You get those scrapers; those things suck, man. They they scrape like little. The the contour of the scraper is never the contour of your windshield, and so I can never get that. So I, so then I just scrape it just enough so that I can see as I'm driving, with hopes that eventually, after ten minutes, this car will eventually start to heat up and then expand this little area that I got here, except sometimes when it starts to frost up again, and then you're completely blind and you're screwed, and you need to pull over, but you can't see 
well enough to pull over and you're cold and you're shaking and all this just so that you can go spend your life working and doing something you don't want to do. And then you get to, you know, drive home in the cold again with newly frosted up uh, windshield in sleety, snowy garbage. And oh, by the way, it's it's dark outside already. So you missed all the sunlight, the little bit of sunlight that existed. Not warmth, just a little bit of light. Maybe. It's probably cloudy. Maybe there wasn't a sun. But as far as some light so that you can actually see something. No, no. It's dark already. Just like it was when you drove in. So you drive in, it's nighttime, then you work, and then you go outside, and it's freezing cold, and it's nighttime again, and then you go home, and it feels like your day's over, and yay, look, lucky you, you get to go to sleep and wake up and do that all over again, and you have to do that for, oh, I don't know, four or five months out of the year? No. No, I, 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 that's not my favorite thing. But again, if, if, if I was more or less kind of just hanging out, like, you know, if I, had, I, don't, I don't have a fireplace, but if I did, you know, get some movies going. I mean, the, the, the lack of daylight does suck either way, and the cold kind of sucks either way, and I'm not a huge fan of all the shoveling and whatnot. But, you know, you go outside, get, a, get, the, get the grill rolling, and uh, you, can, you, you can make it somewhat enjoyable. And, and winter is nice as far as the seasonal aspects of it. Christmas time is... I can't imagine, like, Christmas in Florida. I feel like that would be horrible. Like, it's, it's warm outside, and there's no snow, and there's palm trees. Like, no, this, we, this is not Christmas. Like, we just skipped it this year, I guess. If you live in Florida, like, it just doesn't happen here. So if I was a snowbird, I would hope that I'd have some family in Wisconsin travel back for Christmas just so that you can get that true seasonal, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, kind of in that, that range that needs to be. It needs to be cold. And there should be some snow, ideally. Hopefully not a lot. Snowing would be nice. After that, it's useless. It's entirely useless. It kills bugs, and that's the only purpose it serves, I think. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break? We'll come back and see what Garrett has to say for the fine folks. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. 
So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Uh, so here's a little bit of information that I hope is completely 100% factually correct. Um, but apparently someone else had tweeted that since, I want to say since 2009, the Packers have only had three home openers. Three. One of them was because they won the Super Bowl. Uh, and then the other two, I can't tell you what years they were. Uh, but that's like 15 years the Green Bay has had only three home openers. Now, I don't know how you weigh the difference, Ryan, of what's more important, uh, getting off on opening season game at home or having the very last game at home, uh, you know, at Lambeau. And I, I would prefer the last game instead of the first. Um, but I know as we all can attest, you know, the, the weather really hasn't played too big of a role in home field advantage the last few years. Uh, maybe it'll kick back over to us an advantage in some ways, but uh, all in all, I think uh, I would prefer to have, you know, the last game against the Bears at home. Uh, it just seems like uh has a lot heavier weight of uh, importance to it, but it still sucks. I mean, it really does still suck to have not have a home opener in three games in 15 years. That's just inexcusable. And correct me if I'm wrong, but... Uh, how many games have we had an opener against Chicago in a row, it seems like? Four? I, I just I don't get these NFL schedules. This is just ludicrous. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know. I, I generally am opposed to it because they, there's... I mean, all games are important in the NFL because there's so few of them. But these these especially have some serious implications, and and I'm I'd be willing to bet, considering this is an, a league wide thing. I mean, there's a lot of teams starting off, starting and ending with uh, divisional opponents. I don't I don't mind ending as much, but um, I I don't think it's going to be that much of a stretch to go find examples of teams that got screwed because of a week one loss to a divisional opponent. You know. Um, I mean, granted, it's, it's, it's part of the equation. And I, I guess from a standpoint of it's unacceptable to not be ready week one, um, you know, the, the, in other words, it makes it more important that you do actually do those things to make sure that you're ready. Because a lot of teams, they want to take their foot off the gas a little bit. We want to worry about injuries and we'll kind of ease into it. And it might be week two, three, four, five. Hopefully not that long, but it'll take a little bit of time for us to get up and running. There might be a little extra added benefit of having guys play more in the preseason to try to make sure they got that little extra edge week one. But I don't know, man. I mean, it, it, there's different ways to think about it. If, if you think about, you know, it's let's just call it an automatic loss week one, then yeah, you definitely don't want your... You want it to be some random, you know, make it the, the Jets or something. Not Maybe not the Jets, but you get what I'm saying, the Jaguars. A loss is never good, but at least it's an AFC team. You also, again, if we're assuming that we're going to come out flat, and, and this would be a Packers-specific thing, because otherwise, obviously not everybody can lose. Somebody has to win the game. But if um, if you were assuming that you were going to come out flat, you would not want it to be a home game, right? You want to save those. So it should be an away game against the Jaguars or something. 
Oh, shucks, we lost. Okay, anyways, now we've got mostly home games, right? Minus one away game. And now we're ready to play. But again, I, I think ultimately how I land on this, although it's probably not the right thing for them to do. I mean, from a rating standpoint, it's probably great. But um, as long as it's relatively even, and I think that it is, as far as I mean, not necessarily being away all the time, but um, you know, the the urgency to come out and play really well right away. You know, this isn't basketball. This isn't baseball. You need to be ready to play. And this constant hemming and hawing about injuries. I don't know, man. I, I just I feel like we we gotta we gotta be ready. We we can't uh, we can't use the first two weeks of the season as practice weeks. So I'm hoping we come out swinging. And yeah, the away thing isn't great, but again, probably better to get that out of the way early. Because what you don't want is the game where you're going to come out flat. And I'm not necessarily saying that's going to happen, but you know, week one usually it takes a little time for teams to get their footing. If you lose at home against the Chicago Bears and then you got to go on the road at the end of the season, that's that obviously is the worst case scenario. Get them at home when you're ready, when you're at your best. Well, Ladarius Smith got traded, so I guess the Browns wanted a sexual predator at quarterback and also a locker room cancer on defense. Go Pego. Yeah, I, well said, I guess. Um, <laughs> you're a wordsmith, Nate. I don't know what the Browns are doing. It's it's such a weird thing. It, it is kind of funny because I, I feel like they've never been more irrelevant than when Deshaun got there, and I thought it was going to be the, ob- the opposite. And I don't know if it's just the NFL – is actively trying to hide that franchise from the public view because of the situation. And that's why it just seems as though like I forgot that they existed or if they were just bad and, and just happened to not be talked about very much. But it is such a weird thing that they they took one of the, if not the biggest swings at quarterback in NFL history, you know, on top of everything else that happened. And it's like they they just vanished. As a franchise, we don't talk about them anymore. But yeah, as far as their direction, I mean, getting to Sean was stupid. Um, everything they do seems to be stupid. I don't really understand exactly what it is that they're doing. I don't know what Darius is going to do. Um, I mean, even if he helps, it's like it's not like pass rush is something that's a struggle for them, you know. And they're really just what are they replacing uh, Jadavian Clowney? So maybe it's a slight upgrade in in one of the few areas you don't need help. I don't know. I don't, this team is just stupid. Who cares? Hey, it's Nate again. Um, I'm sure it's been talked about. I don't really know how breaking your news this is, but Packers signed to safety. Um, Jonathan Owens from Houston. Uh, he was a full-time starter. I don't think he was very good. I think his grades were pretty low, but hey, at least we got a uh, guy who should somewhat know what he's doing back there. And also... Um, probably the coolest and weirdest fact about him is it's uh, Simone Biles' husband. Yes, that's Simone Biles, the uh, gymnast from the Olympics. <laughs> go back, go. Yeah, I, I generally don't like the fact that he is referred to as Simone Biles' husband. And I, I, I don't mean that he happens to be that. It's, it's the fact that that is what he is referred to. It's not his name. It's not his credentials. Nobody cares about him as a person or a football player. People are interested in the fact that he's married to Simone Biles, which granted is cool, but it doesn't inspire a ton of confidence that he's going to come in here and do great things. Now, maybe he will. I have no idea. But um, it seems to me the the massive amount of hype surrounding this signing is almost entirely dedicated to her. 
again, cool. Like, I, I hope he sticks around because it'd be cool if she was a Packer fan. And, you know, like, I forgot one of the podcasts we were talking about. Like, they, they should allow her to do a Lambo leap or something. Like, yeah, dude, that'd be cool, I guess, you know. But ultimately, from a Packers podcast standpoint, um, what does Jonathan Owens bring? Not a ton. Um, you know, I mean, he, he, like anybody else could, could be the next, um, Devondre Campbell, I suppose. But, um, there isn't, there isn't really much else to talk about with him until at least OTAs. We'll see what he can do and we'll, we'll kind of track those things. And hopefully he does really well. We need some help there. We need some depth. Special teams help is always appreciated if nothing else. But, um, it, it almost just annoys me every time that comes up. Cause it's like, <sighs> it was a cool factoid at first. And now it's just like, are, are we just deliberately trying to be insulting to this guy? <laughs> like, he's, he's actually referred to on podcasts as Simone Biles' husband. Again, not his name, nothing, like that, as though that is his name. It's like, oh my goodness. So, um, yeah, again, just doesn't inspire a massive amount of confidence, I guess. Hey, Ryan, at this point, it was probably like a week ago in the call on the Packing After Dark, but um, because of all the calls, you know, but anyway, somebody's talking right now about Seeing Rogers, it's like seeing your ex on social media. You know, you wouldn't have before him, but you know. But it, you know, it's not even like you're seeing your ex on social media just with somebody else. It's like you're seeing them on social media with like a solid five, and they're trying to convince you it's a ten. It's like no, yeah, you're with a five. You know, you, you get my point. Yeah, no, I like, get it. It's it, it just making the Jets something they aren't. That, they have promise, don't get me wrong, and hey, who knows, maybe they'll go have a great year, but it's like, as they currently are, and as they have been, you are not, you are not with anything special, and you're trying to make it seem special, so, anyway, go back. Well, I think there is still an element of that ex-girlfriend thing, from the standpoint of, you know, imagine she broke up with you, and like, it was, it was basically mutual. Like you, you weren't really, you guys realized you weren't really into it or whatever. So it's fine. Like, it's not a big deal, but then everybody starts talking about this other guy and how great he is. And like, he's got a good job and he's like super attractive. And it's like, okay, first of all, I made more money than that guy, like straight up. Second of all, he is not attractive, right? I mean, I, I listen, listen, I know how it sounds for me to say that, but you guys are being crazy right now. You know, and there is just all this gushing, and then, again, how happy she is with him and she wasn't with you. Like, it's just the whole thing gets to be a little bit of that uh, jealous ex thing. And, and, and you're right. It is, every, everything Packer fans are saying, probably for the most part, is true. The Jets are being overhyped. The expectations are way too high. The idea that this Jets team is like this great team that now just added Aaron Rodgers is like, what are you freaking talking about? Very reminiscent of the Detroit Lions, like, oh, dude, they added a running back. Now they're going to take over. Like the the lot, like the the team that hasn't won a playoff game and since uh, their inception. So you're right. There there is there is that, but I, I I still tend to think it's probably both to some degree. You know, having to hear people be like, oh man, Rogers finally is in this good situation. It's like, oh, hold on, jag off. Oh, he finally has some receivers. Wait, wait, he has the same wide receivers and one guy that's not as good as Devontae. So let's just calm down. And then again, the, well, this is the best defense he's ever... Like, no, I really would doubt that this is the best defense he's been on. That's even assuming they're going to be anywhere near as good as they were last year, and there's no real reason to assume that. You know, and and, and there is sort of that, like, it. 
we shouldn't think of it as a comparison, but it, it is necessarily like, oh man, he's, he's in a good situation. Like what were you, you saying? He wasn't before. What are you trying to say? You can't help it. And again, this is where I get annoyed with all the like, just, just stop talking about him. Stop thinking about it. like everything. We're, we're, we're tied at the hip, man. There, there, there is no analysis of the Jets or the Packers that, you know, you talk about the Packers, Rodgers is a piece of that. It, it's part of the evaluation. You talk about the Jets, you're talking about Rodgers, you're, you know, you, you can't just pretend as though there's no connection there. Of course there's a connection. Hey, Ryan, this is uh, Trucker Bob. Hey, Trucker Bob. We're traveling across the country from Virginia to Seattle, Washington. Wow, that's a trip. And uh, we're in North Dakota right now where it's raining, so I didn't get to see the stars tonight. Sorry. Anyways, I wanted to ask you this question. What was the greatest live event you ever saw in your life? You went to a sports event. It was the greatest event you've ever been to. I thought I'd tell you about mine. Uh, I was in, in high school. I was a high school wrestler. And in 1971, our coach took us down to Northwestern University to see the NCAA championships uh, in wrestling. Um, in a 142-pound class, a man named Dan Gable, who had been two-time NCAA champion and three-time high school state champion, had come into the match with his high school and college career being 181 to zero. He had never lost a match. And our coach took us to the finals, paid for the tickets, took us there, and I got to watch Dan Gable lose the only match of his career. He lost to a guy called named Larry Owings, 13 to 11. So not only was Dan Gable three-time state champion, and two-time NCAA champion with that one silver. He also was the 1972 Olympic champion and 1971 world champion. In his 21 qualification matches for the Olympics, he scored 130 points, and his opponent only scored one. That one point was given up to, yes, it was Larry Owings once again. When he got to the Olympics, he won six matches, did not give up a single point, and won the Olympic medal. Later on, he would coach the University of Iowa. He won 15 NCAA championships, and he won all 21 Big Ten championships during his coaching career. His only loss was to Larry Owings in 1971, the NCAA championships, and I was there. It was the only time I saw him wrestle. Anyway, what was your greatest event, sporting event, you'd ever seen? Tucker Bob out. Well, it's a cool story, first of all. I've been trying to think. I don't, I don't know. As somebody who's kind of a shut-in, um, I wish I could say it was one of the, I think, three four Packer games I've been to, but I, I, I don't think that it is. It's not family night. Uh, family night was cool, but my, my daughter Riley made it kind of miserable. Um, <laughs> um, some of the, the, the concerts I've been to were pretty decent. Um, I, on, the one that comes to mind, I'm glad you mentioned wrestling because I had forgotten about it. Um, a family member of mine, I don't know exactly what his job was, but he had some kind of a job where he worked in television or whatever. 
and got us some tickets to a, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was WCW or WWE or WWF or whatever it would have been at the time, but it was, it was some tickets to a pay-per-view event. And, um, we had uh, really, really good seats, I guess. I think the figure standing pretty much the whole time, but really good seats right along the railing. So I know that was a pretty cool thing. Um, my, my one takeaway I remember is, is back in the day when, you know, like digital cameras were super sweet. And so I had a camera and so I'm like taking pictures of the wrestlers as they're coming down and some of the wrestling ladies Don't worry about it. But that was a good time. I don't know that there is anything that massively stands out. I mean, they're they're all relatively good experiences. All the concerts, the Packer games, the the uh, Bills game out in Buffalo was fantastic. I'm trying to think what other live events I've been to. I can't really think of too many. I'm trying to think of other categories of live events. I don't know. It's probably about it. I hate to say the wrestling thing because I don't really remember much about it other than it was just a it was a fun experience. And usually I don't usually love that stuff, but I know I had fun. Anyways, we got a, a three for for uh, for Joe, so I think we'll we'll end it on either the first or second call. We'll see how it goes here, just so that we're not breaking the rules too much. We're not doing all three, Joe. We can't do it. Hey, Ryan. Hey, it's Joe the janitor. Hey, Joe the janitor. From Connecticut. Hey, man. What's up? What's up? Oh man. Hmm. So yep, just finished listening to the last two podcasts, and um, one of them happened to be the latest after dark podcast um i just wanted to touch on a few things there um yeah i don't know about any of the other callers being actors or whatnot but i know for damn sure that i'm not an actor i wish i was sounds like something an actor probably have a job if i was an actor and uh, i'd be making some money um I don't know if I say I got a face for TV, but um, yeah, either way, I don't got a face for TV, so I couldn't be an actor anyway. Um, and uh, I would say I definitely pride myself in being a good pusher of a broom. Um, definitely not an executive of any sort, of okay. any sort of company. That would be uh, crazy. Wish. Uh, nah. But Joe, the suspect janitor, um, it definitely, definitely appreciates the worry. I'm doing good, and uh, I'll continue to call. Oh, hey, on the job search, I did go. Uh, I did go out to the public works and um, have an in-face interview. Um, it went pretty well, I'd say, but uh, my chances of getting that job are probably zero. Um, you know, the sit down portion went good and then they took me out to the garage, showed me some, you know, some of the equipment and whatnot, took me out to the garage and, um, one of the guys that works there happens to be, uh, the guy that I got into an altercation with at the local festivities that led me to my, uh, my local, uh, county time that I recently spent that, uh, the reason I'm unemployed in the first place. So, um, yeah, can't make that shit up. If you didn't believe me before, you definitely don't believe me now, because that's some pretty messed up stuff. Um, well, I'm going to continue to strive on. One thing I got to say, though, I am excited about uh, the confidence Jordan Love showed. And listening, I never watched the full interview, but being able to listen to it while you narrate through it uh, was awesome. 
So, you know, good job, Brian. And and let's pray for love. Anyway, anywho, shalom. Pray for love sounds like a t-shirt. That's what I think. Um, Joe, I appreciate the updates, man. And, yeah, I do like the confidence in Jordan Love, and hopefully that all translates on the football field, which is going to be an important aspect. But tell you what, why don't we leave it right there? That's a good spot to end it. We'll start the day off tomorrow with a little bit more Joe. But you guys have a great night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.